Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now okay everybody i have something really cool to tell you about if you haven't heard yet about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain here it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and then you can get started it's really fun we just switched over recently here at all too real too and i'm enjoying it so far so be sure to check it out and uh let us know what you think Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. That was great. It could use a little bit more harmonica, though. Anyways, um, my name is uh, Michael E. Cullen II, and with me as always is my co-host... Matthew Jazz Harmonica Haas. Yes, Jazz Harmonica Haas. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to call you Jazz. Okay. Um, DJ Jazzy Harmonica. Anyways, um, so... Uh, Today on this uh, wonderful evening, morning, afternoon, whatever it is for you, um, we are covering the greatest of all of the Home Alone films. Home Alone 4, (laughs) Taking Back the House, the uh, 2002 film that had characters from the other movies, but um, none of the actors returning. (laughs) Um, None of them. Nope. Um, this, uh, film was directed by Rod Daniel, who uh, passed away recently, I guess, or a few years ago or something like that. So respect there. This was the last, last film that he directed. Whoa. Cool music. Yeah, I don't know what that came from, but um, hopefully we don't get sued for that. (laughs) Anyways, um. It was only five seconds. It should be all right. Hopefully. Yes. And this uh, film was written by Deborah Frank and Carrie Kil- Kirkpatrick. Not cool. Kilpatrick, but Kirk- Kirkpatrick. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, so, um, based on characters created by uh, John Hughes. Yes. So, this film ignores the third film. I mean, that doesn't really ignore it, but, you know, it's just... Because <clears throat> the third film doesn't include Kevin. It's a different and, kid, right? Yeah, it's a yeah, different character. Okay. And anyways, this one... They have different actors playing the characters. Uh, this was made uh, and originally aired on November uh, 3rd, 2002 on the Fox Network. So, um, and um, it's the fourth film in the Home Alone series. 
but the third to include Kevin McAllister and his family, minus a couple of the kids <clears throat> and, um, you know, different things like that. <clears throat> yeah. Lots of different things. Um, yeah, different actors and everything. Um, different personalities to all the characters. Yeah, the film brings several of the main characters back from the first two films, including Kevin, like I said. Uh, this time he's played by the actor Mike Weinberg. Um, and it revolves around him trying to defend his stepmother's technologically advanced house. Yeah. Smart home or whatever you want to call it. 2002 is pretty... His, his, not his stepmother, but his future stepmother, I should say, because yeah, it's, uh, right. it, it's the soon-to-be fiancé to his dad, who is now split with his mom. When we begin. Um, and uh, he's trying to protect it from Marv, who was played by Daniel Stern in the first film. Now played by French um, Inspector Gadget 2 Stewart. <laughs> yep, that was a doozy. Mm-hmm. That was a great movie. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, um, I love French Stewart, but... Me too. Yeah. But sometimes it's sad to see someone have to take on, shall I say, um, humiliating roles, even though he's much better for it, but, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Yes. It sucks, but... And this time around, his uh, buddy Harry, who was played by Joe Pesci in the original film, is uh, no longer with us. We don't find out if he's dead, gone, in jail. Forgotten. Forgotten, you know, abducted by aliens, whatever. Mm. I don't know where he is. Anyways. Uh, they might his... as well have done that for this movie. It's so far-fetched. Uh-huh. I mean. And his, uh, his partner is now uh, his wife, Vera. Played by uh, the beautiful Missy Pyle. Not her best performance. Not a bad performance. Not French's best mm. performance. Not a bad performance either. But um, I mean, you work with what you got. I mean, yeah, they're just... probably the two best actors in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I would say in certain ways. Um, I mean, if you're, if you're given, you know, uh, no, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put it more nicely. You work with what you got. You know, so. If you don't got the greatest script of all time, you're going to have to somehow make yes. it work. So. Make it work, as uh, <laughs> as uh, Tim Gunn would say. Anyways, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, um, <laughs> oh, boy. Project Runway. Yep. Anyways, um, the <laughs> I used to watch that show. Uh I was thinking of James Gunn when you said Tim Gunn. No. Okay, never No mind. relation. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> but um, anyways, um, that was uh, Tim Gunn's uh, catchphrase on that show. He oh, okay. Would, he'd be like, you know, giving mentorship to the designers on there, and then, you know, they'd be asking him advice, and he'd be like, make it work. Make it work. You know, whatever. <laughs> I'm remembering this from like 10 years ago when That's I watched fine. the show. Anyways, um, so that was a little weird uh, transition there. Anyways, um, so what else happens in this movie? So do you want to tackle that, Matt? Yeah, I'll give you just a, a little rundown here. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll ask um, Jim Halpert to fax his dad and ask him what a rundown is. Um, but, yes. Um, <clears throat> anyways, the the rundown here is that uh, Kevin's dad shows up. To ask um, his his ex wife, soon to be ex wife, if it's okay if the kids go to his house for Christmas. By the way, the dad's played by the actor from Chicago PD, who's like like the chief or whatever the the guy that's the guy with the raspy voice. I forgot his name, but um, that that's the dad. So Jason uh, <clears throat> Beggy Beggy B E G A G, however you pronounce that. Okay, yeah, he plays yeah. Peter McAllister. That yeah. guy, yeah. So he he asks, you know. And uh, she says, well, you, you know, you'll have to ask the kids. And um, they all kind of refuse because the mom is shooting them shadows at them, you know, to make sure that they say no because, you know, she has to prove their loyalty that they love her. So she's playing the – already playing the um, soon-to-be-divorced parent of, you know, if you love me, you'll hate your other parent, you know, type of thing. So, you know, good good psychological health we got going on already starting this um this film. So um they all say no. Dad walks away kind of like, oh, whatever. And then um mom goes out either on a date or just has to go out or whatever. And um 
has uh, Kevin's older brother babysit him. By the way, Kevin's older brother de-aged from the first two movies here well, because he was about 16. Go watch the first one. He's about 16 I know. Years he old, f- it seems and, like it. I don't know. It's hard to say. And they, 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 and they eliminated two of the siblings. Oh, he had more? How many siblings did he have in the it, first in, movie? In the first movie, mm-hmm. he had two sisters okay. and two brothers. Okay. Yeah. I remember. All right. So, yeah. So, so, they, so two they, of them. They, they eliminated one of the sisters and one of the brothers. Okay. So, yeah. So we don't know what happened to so, him. They so just... it might just be that they combined the two brothers into Buzz. Okay. Yeah, made him like a composite character. Yes. Okay. So that's <laughs> happened. So he de-aged or he became fused with another person. And then they formed their own little hybrid being. And then he um, he picks on Kevin all night long, makes him do all the chores. Um, you know, it's pretty cruel. Like, slams his hand with a garbage lid really hard. Like, that's not just regular picking on your little brother it's like you know actually kind of abusive behavior and then uh so then kevin waits waits up for his mom to get home says that he wishes that he didn't have a brother or sister his mom kind of you know kind of scolds him a little bit saying you know it's that nice thing to say then he goes to bed kevin then decides to take his piggy bank and then goes calls a taxi the taxi driver is of course um uh, stereotypical Russian kind of person. You know, there's always got to be an ethnic stereotype in these movies somewhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, somewhere. It's got to happen. Well, you so. need a Russian Russian driver because, you know, we learned that from um, Bigger, Fatter, Liar. You need a Russian driver. Exactly. It's right. <laughs> yep. That was another great one. Yes. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't that bad, um, no. to be honest. But um, <clears throat> so then he, he he makes a comment in a in a obviously fake Russian accent. That they think is supposed to be a Russian accent. And then, um, then he shows up at this really big mansion that is his future stepmother's house. I'm not sure where all of her money comes from. I know that she does like fundraising for all of these like, like royal families. I don't know if she's connected. They didn't really explain how she's connected to no. all these people. So it's one of those movies it's okay. where it's probably something that didn't even need it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's one of those movies where you don't know how a person got to whatever. So, um, you know, she's nice at first, and she's like, oh, that's such a great thing that you came over and, you know, show Kevin the, what was, what was it, the, the secret room or the spe- extra special... Special room. And it was really creepily... Special guest room. Yeah, and it was really yeah. creepily said, both by her, the step future stepmother, and, and the... M- Molly, the uh, maid. And she's like, she's like, oh, the... The extra, just a really weird vibe. And then that room was like... Played by Barbara Babcock. Ooh, I like that name. Mm -hmm. That's a cool name. Yes. Anyways, I'll speed this up a little bit because I don't want to talk for two hours about this movie. But uh, Yeah, when the movie's only like an hour and a half. Right. So so, uh, the room is like full of toys and shit. And he has a blast. He wakes up next morning. She shows up on his TV because, again, it's a smart home. Asking him what he wants for breakfast. He can have whatever he wants. Blah, blah, blah. Um, he meets the butler. Or not, not the butler. Like the guy, I guess, who's like head of security or something like that. Yeah, Mr. And Prescott. He's he's not a big fan of Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Played by um, Eric Avari. Yeah, he's been in okay. a bunch of stuff. Um, they're not fans of each other for some reason. Mainly because Kevin asks him to make him a milkshake and for some reason. And the guy didn't like that. So, um, by the way, so the, the dad's like, oh, I want my kids to come over for Christmas. And then, like, they're, they leave for, like, half of the trip to go on all these, like, business trips and stuff. And it's like, okay, dude, if you want your kids to actually be with you for Christmas, you actually have to, like, be there with them for Christmas. Kind of defeats the whole purpose of, like... Yeah, but then the movie would be called um, Home with My Dad and His uh, Future Wife. Well, I know it would be called um, that, but it would still make <laughs> sense. What well, I'm saying, Home Alone makes sense in the context that they accidentally left him home alone. Yeah. Because there's too many kids, and they forgot Kevin. So that makes this sense. This one, he isn't even ever really alone. In this movie, yeah, he's never alone. And <laughs> he wasn't, and it wasn't like they forgot him. It was like they went out of his way to say, hey, come over to my house. Oh, now that you came over to my house, we gotta get going. Have fun though. There's cool stuff here. Like, what? Like, it's just kind of a weird, I don't know. And then, so then, like three times throughout the movie, they gotta leave on some fundraising trip or whatever type of thing, or they gotta meet yeah. the royal family of. They yeah, they're, say they're bringing co- over. They're bringing over a royal family of some and, country and, and a prince. And um, by the way, the uh, the the plan from of Marv and his wife are to, it, I mean, is to steal the uh, the prince, and then you know, ransom him or something. I guess for money. And they how they know about this 
Oh yeah, that. Wait, oh yeah, we, we, that, we, that's explained later. Okay, that's right. We figured yeah. out just getting ahead of ourselves. I am only bleh, whatever. Shall I continue? Yeah, you can continue if you want. <laughs> I don't really want to, but um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll get through this. So, <clears throat> so Marv is an idiot, but he's like the leader now <clears throat> because something happened to Harry. No one knows what. Probably got killed. I don't know. And then um. So then Marv is trying to be the boss, but doesn't know how to be. So he's like an idiot boss. And then um, he's always like being all goofy, all Marv-like, but also all French stewardy or whatever. And then just like, you know, with, you know, Inspector Gadget too or whatever. Yes. God. So um, the first thing happens is that he um, – Kevin goes into the, the living quarters of Mr. Prescott. And checking out like all of his cool security cam footage stuff. Guy yells at him, tells him to leave, and gets leaves the room. Mr. Prescott somehow goes missing, doesn't doesn't show up for a long time. Burglars come in, it's Marv and Vera. And Kevin's trying to call Mar call um Mr. Prescott. Nowhere to be found, doesn't help him out, whatever. So then Kevin, true to form, does all of his little weird tricks to uh stop them. Because they're called the Wet Bandits, he thought it would be funny to flood the house, to try to flood them out of the house as a sort of callback, like saying, hey, I know who you are, so I'm going to use your own little Wet trick bandits, here so to then get you out of the house. But he floods the entire house, but also like shoots them with like really high-pressured water that I don't think any shower would actually ever have, because that would like could kill you. So Yeah. Um, but well, the logic in this film makes no sense. It doesn't. You know, so he shoots the physics the, and everything. It doesn't. None yeah, of it makes yeah, sense. No. So, um, and also, there's a lot of really dumb um, handheld camera shots that drive me crazy. I, yeah, I hate these shots. I don't know. Like I was the telling, cinematography Mike, is just cheap. Yeah, like I was telling Mike about jazz harmonica. I hate jazz harmonica, and I hate these little handheld shots. There's something. To, something really disorienting but i about thought you it. changed your name to jazz harmonica i did but yeah you know, i hate it but i changed it so, so. Are you so you're trying to say you hate yourself i'm confused no, i hate my name that i changed it to yeah well, you can change it something else if you want no I i'll let you I'm man you, you can well i don't need your permission to change my name but but i'm in charge of name changing in the in the world of all too real okay too. <laughs> well then that's just a new made-up rule but <laughs> but but yeah okay it, it's the rule man all right i'll change it to do nation Rewards.com. That's my middle name. Um, why don't we just call you Matthew Allen Haas? Okay. Eh. Right. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> um, so then, okay, in the movie, you know, they, they, okay. What, uh, what happens next? I'm, 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 I'm take a break. Uh, just, just one second. Yeah, go ahead. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, do it. <laughs> Let's take a break from the word, uh, for a word from our, uh, you know, sponsors, sponsors for some products and or services or, I don't know, another podcast or whatever. Something that's better than trying to talk about this movie for a minute. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, go products. Yep. Go. Hello, I'm Tom. And I'm Brian. Hosts of Be Hero Fights. Home of the greatest debates of our time. We tackle the tough topics such as Fortnite versus Call of Duty. McDonald's vs. Burger King. John Wick vs. Wait, is is that really fair? Nevertheless, join us weekly on Spotify, Apple, Google, and pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. And hear the madness ensue. And as always, fight on. Hey folks, this is uh, Michael E. Cullen II um, from the podcast that you're listening to right now along with Matthew Haas. We just wanted to tell you about our great, great podcast Super. called Super. It's called All Too Real. And on that show, what, what do we do, Matt? We, we watch biopics and then we talk about whether or not the movie matched up with the real story or not. So we, we, It's a lot we, more exciting than that, though. Yeah, so, 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 so we, we analyze the real story and the real story. Get it? Get it? Real. You know? Yeah, they're spelled differently, yeah. folks. You can guess which one I said which way. Uh -huh. Anyways, um, so uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, but we uh, talk about great, great, uh, great movies like uh, Shattered Glass yes. and The Social Network and uh, 
a futile and stupid gesture, among others. Um, those are some of the ones that we've covered so far, and uh, we're going to cover a lot more. So uh, please uh, subscribe on Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you uh, find your great, fun podcasts. And be sure to share it with your friends. Do it. Do it. Do it. And make sure you're not afraid to get all too, too real. Bye-bye. Okay, and we're back and refreshed. I had some Mountain Dew. Yeah, man. Yes. You know, and if you would like to sponsor us Mountain Dew, you can uh, contact me personally, and I will be your poster boy. Yes, mm. your poster boy for Mountain Dew. Yeah. My name is Michael E. Cullen II. You can contact me at mike at cullenpark.com, and I will be your poster boy. And I can do music for you. Yes. So what we'll do, it's a combined effort. <laughs> I'll just stand there on the poster and in the ads. I won't say anything or do anything. Well, I might do something, D-E-W. Ooh. But, Ooh. you know, <laughs> Matt will play music. <clears throat> yeah. And I'll just stand there with a bottle of Mountain Dew. Hell, we'll even do that for like half the price that you would pay somebody like Tom Cruise. Half. I mean, that, that's, that's yeah. That's not not asking. For that's two, a reasonable yeah. amount. I mean, yeah. How much would you you know charge? How much would Tom Cruise charge? Probably like twenty million dollars. We'll take a cool ten million. Yeah, it's I mean, not a big yeah, that's deal. not much at all. No. We'll do it for that. You know, hell, I'll do it for five million, and Matt will do it for five. Million. So there you go. So then you know it's ten million. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Okay, so back to the um, Home Alone Four, yep. um, greatest movie of all time. So you need yep. to get out more. Yep. <laughs> no. Um, That's all they have in my cellar. So yes, you live in a cellar. I don't know. <laughs> Is it a wine cellar? Yes, in a wine cellar. <laughs> we'll come. We'll get back to that. Come back to that. Oh god! So, so what happens next <clears throat> in this uh, beautiful film? <clears throat> so he floods the house, like the entire house, and Mister Prescott still nowhere to be found. Uh, his parent, his dad, and his his future stepmother come home, and then she screams as soon as she steps in the water, and then he tries to tell them what happened that there are burglars, and like you know, like total normal parents, they just don't believe him. Like, yep. they're just like, nope, there's no burglars here. You're lying. So go to your room. Like, uh, okay. And then he, he says, because you know, kids make that up all the time. Yeah, man. And it's not like, uh, Kevin mm-hmm. hasn't encou- encountered burglars twice. Twice with the same person. Mm-hmm. And he explained it was the same person. Yep. But in this canon, though, it's implied that he never told his dad about Barry, Harry and Marv, which is kind of strange. So. You've experienced these people twice now in two different cities, and yep. you never thought to tell your own dad that situation. Okay. Well, well um, we all keep things from our parents. I guess. You know? but, but yeah, you know, like <clears throat> like all those times <clears throat> that people rob our houses. Yeah. And, yeah. Totally. Why wouldn't? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like that when that, when that time when I swore that someone entered my bedroom – and then nobody, and then no one did believe me, but I, I was like, oh, I'm going to keep that to myself. No, I, I told them straight away. Some dude in a hoodie, which looked very much like a neighbor that lived across the street from me, just happened to be moseying about in my, moseying about, really? Mose about? Not sure if that's a word, but moseying, mo, moseying? How, how's that word go? Moseying? Is that that? Maybe. It, mo, I don't know. Just walking around. Walking around. <laughs> and then, then he saw me wake up, and then... He just kind of did like this little like shifty like like almost like a like a person like almost like a person like Marv would just kind of like scooch back like ooh was he just watching you sleep no it was like I woke up as soon as the door opened oh okay and then I saw because I, I I'm a really light sleeper when it comes yeah. to hearing my door being unlocked uh-huh. or just opened <clears throat> like other things like I can sleep through but I hear that little tiny jiggle and then I, yeah. I, I can I just, it wakes me up so I heard that I saw this dude in a hoodie. Like a black hoodie, uh, just just standing there for a second, and I just kind of like you know 
wiped my eyes like oh hello whatever and then then like the person just like kind of shimmied out like like almost like like you're dreaming type of thing like that's literally what the person did which kind of made me laugh almost because like this is the most hilarious thing ever <laughs> like 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 the dude is literally trying to make me like like you're, you're, just, you're just dreaming man like like oh my god and then and I, and I know i know it was i know it was someone because later on i saw someone and then you're like, this isn't a dream because there's not a sexy woman with Abraham Lincoln's head here. So yeah, why, exactly. why, you know, because that's what everybody has in dreams. Right? I mean, for me, it's George Washington's head, oh, but whatever. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. Know. Yeah. And, and, and Donald <laughs> Trump's hair. So, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> weird. But, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> so anyways, back to the movie. So back to the movie. <laughs> they don't believe him. And then his dad... Is like, I know why you're doing this. The divorce is is struggling. It's a struggle with you, and you know it's a hard transition. I understand, but you don't have to. You, know, you don't have to act out or whatever. Okay, a few problems with that. So um, <clears throat> there was no indication whatsoever that Kevin a even acknowledged that a divorce was even taking place so he's probably living in some kind of form of denial or b even if he did he didn't show any kind of animosity or hostility towards his future stepmother in, in fact in fact he liked her he was quite he was quite happy to see her yeah. um so it would be very strange that within a 12 hour period of time he would go from being as accepting of the new situation as he was to pulling some kind of stunt of flooding the entire mansion just to get attention. Uh, so anyway, so he, he accuses Mr. Prescott of being like an inside man already, which is kind of like, that's kind of, um, in of itself kind of like, okay, dude, that's kind of a weird leap of logic. I mean, one burglary and you just assume that the guy is behind it, whatever. But, um, they say, no, you're a lying piece of shit. Well, they didn't say that. And then, um, <laughs> and then, and then, they, then they go to a bunch of fundraisers throughout the movie. Kevin talks to his mom at one point. Uh, his mom brings some stuff from home to make him more comfortable, but then she gets jealous because his stepmother bought buys him all this fancy shit, and then she feels inadequate by just bringing like his his old teddy bear. But then him and there's her and his dad talk about how the teddy bear is important because it's a transitional object, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, then that makes stepmom jealous because then they're talking about like their own little stories. So she's out left out of the loop, blah, blah, blah. They don't like each other. So, uh, what else happens, Mike? <laughs> I don't so, so, so basically, okay, then, um, let's speed things up a little bit here. Um, basically there's a, there's a, um, a party of some sort, like a fundraiser or something that, uh, is, being thrown there and uh marvin is uh girl vera come in as uh as waiters for the thing and i just want to point out the thing that bothered me the most of this whole movie okay marv walks in he's got this white tuxedo thing like waiter tuxedo on top of on top of his trench coat and he's wearing a uh a, a, a like, like beanie hat on um, like a wool beanie. <laughs> I'm just gonna mention that again. He's wearing this tuxedo coat on top of his trench coat, and nobody finds this suspicious because you put on a tuxedo coat oh, over the top of a trench coat, and that's normal. I don't know. I've I've been to some fancy, you know, dinners and cocktail parties and stuff like that in my life. Never did I see any of the waiters there wearing a trench coat underneath their tuxedo coat. <laughs> I don't know about you, Matt. Hey, man, it's just a personal style. I mean, you know, they're very open-minded, I guess, about people wearing what they want there. So. Usually there's a strict dress hey, well. code here. I mean... My my dad used to be a bartender at a lot of parties and stuff, and he had to wear like a little, you know, tuxedo coat thing and bow tie and whatnot. And I don't know. This is a very strange stepmother here. She's very rigid about some rules and other rules doesn't matter. So, well, she wasn't there at that night, so maybe she didn't have any oversight over what what people wore. But Mr. Yeah, Prescott, yeah, Mr. Prescott should have. Yeah, and he didn't even notice. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. He just so he's not blameless in this thing, man. That's no, all he's I'm not. Saying. He doesn't pay attention to what he's doing. No, he, so so that's yeah. <laughs> again, he was wearing a trench coat with 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 the tuxedo coat on top of it. I don't know. Anyways, um, so they have this party. There's a bunch of you know little uh things going on. He uh, tries to get uh, Mr. Prescott out of the situation. He locks him in the freezer. Which is another flaw because, you know, OSHA or whatever, the occupational, you know, government people. I don't know what OSHA stands for, but anyways, um, <laughs> the, um, they, they require that you have a way to get out of a freezer from the inside. Yeah, there is. So you don't have, you know, situations where you end up having a, a bottle episode like they did on, um, on the Brady Bunch where the kids were locked in the cooler at Sam's, uh, meat place or whatever. But anyways, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that episode of the Brady Bunch created this rule. Yeah. They just never wanted to have a bottle episode anywhere. Anyways, um, that's why, right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not safety reasons. No. But anyways, the, so 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 they 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 try to figure shit out and blah 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 they 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 you know Kevin throws shit at them and they should have died and they didn't and then um, oh they should have died multiple times yes uh, during this one scene or this one segment alone. I mean Marv should have died in the first movie oh yeah he should so <laughs> I mean he talked about scars he's got more than scars okay he's got yeah probably freaking chunks out of his flesh from. All the shit that Kevin did to him. I mean, need I remind you? Didn't, didn't he freaking tar and feather him in the first movie or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I mean that would have I mean, killed and, him. And alone. They had you know, a, you know, paint cans and hot irons and other things hit them in the face and stuff in the hands and whatnot. <laughs> Anyways, um, so a yeah. dresser falls on him on this in this movie. Uh, yeah, like a huge tall dresser, probably weighed like five hundred pounds, crushed him. Yeah. Made of solid wood. And he got yeah. up, he was fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so anyways, oh by the way, the reason that they were able to get into the house is they have like the house is a smart house and they were able to move around and control things because they had the little remote control that controls the smart house that you talk into and say things like, you know, uh open sesame and things open and you know, open window, open door and basically you can open anything in this place. <clears throat> it's a smart house. Yes. <laughs> and um then after uh after all is said and done okay so that party happened blah 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 he gets blamed again yeah he gets blamed again for what happened at this and then um we have a situation mm-hmm. where uh, later on marv and vera come back yeah, they come back. Well, stepmom gets mean now. Yeah, and basically tells she Kevin basically threatens Kevin that he'll never his, be able to and come his to little her. teddy bear. Yeah, it's right. She's got to <laughs> threaten his teddy bear, his his transitional object, which you know that's pretty cruel thing to do as a step parent to threaten some like anchor type of object. You yeah. know that child needs to yeah, you, get by. You don't threaten Linus's blanket. You know no, that's no, basically don't do it. it yeah. Anyway, she threatens him, you know, saying if he ever does, if he ever acts out again, she, he's never going to be able to, never going to be able to see, never, yeah, never going to be able to go to her house again. But also, strongly implies that she's going to keep her, her, his dad away, away from, from him. him. Yeah, like he's never going to be able to see his parents again. Yeah. Again, so <laughs> again, perpetuating the stereotype of uh, step parents being. Oh, bad I know. That's evil. that's yeah. why I that that turn really kind of made me mad about that. Yeah. I, I didn't like that, but whatever. That's what they did. So, so. uh Anyways, the next day or whatever, there's a Marvin Vera break in again for the third time. Yeah, and then um, is this is this when the big reveal happens? Yeah, because okay. um, Kevin um, locks uh, Prescott in the wine cellar because he thinks Prescott's in on the thing, and then he goes and tells uh, Molly, the maid, that uh, yeah, I, I eliminated the inside man. And uh, she says, no, you didn't, because I'm the inside man or whatever. You know, she doesn't say it like that, but, you know, that's basically it. No, she's got a stereotypical yeah. Irish accent. Too. Yeah. 
She's a nice old Irish lady, but not, not, not really, you know. Nice old Irish lady. Anyways, um, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, yes, but she's more like, you know, somebody that's part of the IRA or something or the, um, yeah, anyways, uh, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> or the other, what was the other one? The N something. Anyways, the, um, the other side, the ones that were the par- parliamentary, uh, people that were trying to, anyways. I just watched a documentary about all that, so I, I kind of got all that fresh in my head. Anyways, um, the, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the, um, we, so we get the reveal that, um, Molly is Marv's mom. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. That's the, that's the second big reveal. <laughs> yeah. So, and Prescott's a good dude. And, uh, so she locks, uh, Kevin in the, in the wine cellar with uh, Prescott, um, Kevin tries to call his mom a couple times. Is thwarted by uh, Buzz being a d bag, and then, um, and then, you, you, this is all using Prescott's cell phone, and uh, which he doesn't realize he has right away, which I think is just kind of funny. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then she tries to call. I mean, he he tries to call the mom, and the mom can't hear him because it's all fuzzy and stuff. And so the mom calls the house. Molly lies and says that uh, Kevin's out with his dad and uh, stepmom, or future stepmom, uh, Natalie. Anyways, uh, Mrs. McAllister calls Mr. McAllister, and uh, he says, nope, he's at home. And she gets worried, so she's going to come and make sure that Kevin's yeah. okay. This is where evil stepmom still thinks he's lying. It's like, yeah. okay, so you think Kevin put up put Molly up to lying about him being with that's a, that's a weird elaborate lie. Like Exactly. So she's like totally anti Kevin at this point yeah. in the film. You know, I mean maybe Kevin, you know, whipped out his good Molly impersonation or something. I don't yeah, know. I mean, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, Anyone yes. could sound like an Irish woman just just like that. Yeah. Apparently, I don't know. I can, yes. No, it just sounds no, like no. to me. It sounds more like British to me. Uh, uh, okay. Cockney almost. Oh, all right. <laughs> Michael Caine. Yeah. Oh. Mike, Mike. Uh-huh. <laughs> Michael. There we are. Um, anyways. Um, <laughs> I'm going crazy. <laughs> yep, I know. So, uh, so basically what ends up happening is uh, he gets out through the dumbwaiter in the basement, which takes them for like ever to realize that it takes Prescott forever to realize that there's a dump. The dumbwaiter is behind a bunch of boxes in the wine cellar. Anyways. Um, so he gets up into the, into the dumbwaiter gets out there and then he basically, uh, um, should have killed all of the people several times, but somehow they survive every Mm -hmm. time that he, uh, hits them with things and Mm -hmm. does all of his Kevin McAllister type of shit that you see in all the movies. Mm -hmm. Falls down flights of stairs. Yeah. Gets hit in the head with like 15 pound paint cans going at like 40 miles per hour. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, normal typical, stuff. typical stuff yeah. that happens to all of us every day. And then we, mm-hmm. you know, just brush it off. You know, it's just like stubbing a toe. It's not <clears> bad. Anyways, um, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the, um, the whole, uh, whole thing, you know, basically ends up getting solved and, um, Prescott helps a little bit and, um, blah, blah, blah. The parents both come, come there to see because uh, mr McAllister basically tells uh natalie like uh f you i believe my son i'm gonna go check on him and uh takes a cab there and and then mrs McAllister and him both show up at the same time they both go in there um marvin uh vera are about to run out the back door <laughs> and uh my favorite kevin's brother and sister go around the back and they trip them and then they go flying like the fucking Superman into the bushes. Yeah, so instead of getting tripped, <laughs> instead of falling down for getting tripped, they actually defy gravity and go further up. Yes. Which is interesting. Yeah, and then land in some bushes, and then the kids <clears throat> sit on them until the cops come or whatever. And then and then uh, the prince and the queen come to the place with uh, Natalie and because uh, they were picking them up at the airport. And... Uh, they, uh, Mr. and Mrs. McAllister decide that they want to get back together and that basically, uh, Mr. McAllister was just, uh, you know, infatuated as he says with Natalie. Basically just says that he, he was he, he nice confused, plane. He confused infatuation with love. So basically he was just screwing her and, um, 
He got he, got he, he, he thought it was love, and now he's going to get back together <laughs> with his wife, who's going to just readily take him back after he yeah. screwing some random rich yeah. chick. Yeah. Anyways, um, it's normal. Yeah, because that's how life works. Yep. In the McAllister's reality, <laughs> it does. And so they invite the prince to come over and hang out with them because you know that's that's normal too. Right? And <clears throat> yeah, that's secure. Just have a prince royal family just hang out in some mm-hmm. random normal house with no security. Nothing, just hang out, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know, anyways, and then, you know, the credits roll, and everybody's happy. Oh, the stepmom cried because oh, yeah. the Prescott quit. But yeah, Prescott quit, Molly got arrested, so she had nobody so to... So now she has nobody in her life, she's just all alone. All alone on Christmas. Yep, that's a great ending to a story. Yes, it was all, happy. Alone in her mansion, by herself, with a bunch of wine in yes. the cellar. She probably got drunk and ended up, like... Yeah, drink alcohol poisoning and leaving Las Vegas in herself. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Anyways, um, so we're going to, um, take a break here right now. Um, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some, uh, trivia about this film and, uh, read some reviews, um, from, you know, some people on the Internet Movie Database. All right. Um, but here's some, uh, products and or services. Hi, folks. This is Michael Lee Cullen the second from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with manager Matthew Haas. You got promoted? Yes. Damn it. Okay, anyways, um, folks, uh, do you like the show Superstore? I don't know. I asked the folks and nobody's answering well, me. Because they're not here. Oh, but we love damn it. it. Yeah, we love it, though. Okay, folks, if you like it as much as we do. You're really going to like the Super Story podcast, which is a podcast where Matthew and I go uh, episode by episode and give our little opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, just depends on how we're feeling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so if you like this podcast and like our little crazy banter, then you should definitely check this out. Or I might get sad. And when I get sad, it gets pretty sad. Yeah, so I can't deal with him when he's sad. Yeah, no one can really. So um Yeah. So, so check out uh Super Story Podcast. Right here where you get this podcast, Super Story Podcast. Do you have dreams that you want to achieve but are scared to do so due to self doubt, fear, and other people's criticism? I have just what you need. You need a dose of the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast where I interview guests that will motivate and inspire you to stop at nothing to achieve your dreams and always remember if you believe you can achieve Okay, and we're b- 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 back. <laughs> I don't know what that was, Matt. B- 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 back. Back from break. Back. Anyways. <laughs> so, here's some trivia I found on the Internet Movie Database about this wonderful film. Daniel Stern, who played Marv in the first two films, was approached to reprise his role in this one. Stern quickly declined, calling it an insult, total garbage. <laughs> and um, on the other hand, Joe Pesci wasn't offered to reprise his role as Harry. Instead, uh, Harry's name was only mentioned. Um, although the movie takes place in Chicago, Illinois, it was actually filmed in South Africa. Which is weird. Um, anyways. <laughs> um, the... This is a big one. The producers had hoped that this movie would lead to a Home Alone television series. And that's and several of the main cast members had uh, clauses in their contracts that would have uh, brought them back for such a series. Uh, this movie failed to perform up to the expectations and the ratings, uh, and uh, the series was never uh, greenlit. Um, this is the only, franchise, only film in the franchise where Marv actually calls Kevin by name and vice versa. So somehow they know each other's names in this one. Oh. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and the the original idea was that this film was gonna this film was going to be a sequel to Home Alone Three, but the idea was scrapped and rewritten. 
as another film in the franchise to revolve around Kevin McAllister. Yeah, um, when asked, uh, Macaulay Culkin, the original Kevin, said he was less and less than impressed by uh, less than unimpressed by this film. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not less than impressed, but less than unimpressed <laughs> by this film. So I don't know what that means, but anyways, it just um, means he was yeah, really thought really thought it was bad. bad. Yeah, uh, like I said before, there were five siblings total in the. Um, he was one of Kevin was one of five siblings, and uh, in this film, they get rid of. Uh, Two of the two uh, two of the siblings, uh, one of the brothers and one of the sisters. Um, in the original, um, the original ending that was written for this, uh, Kevin's parents did not get back together. His father stayed with Natalie, and his mother uh, um, started dating a police officer who turned out to be Marv's younger, more honest brother. This was changed when the producers decided they wanted the film to set up a television series. And so uh, Kevin's parents did get back together at the end um, while the police officer was uh, deleted altogether from the script. This is the only film in the franchise uh, to feature a twist revealing a villain. None of the other ones had a twist. Um, Yeah. um, Despite the title, Kevin is not home alone, but in the care of his siblings. In the one part, and then he's in the care of uh, other people. He's never really alone. He's never alone, no. Yeah. Um, in the previous films that involve Kevin, um, he and his family are very wealthy and live in a much larger house, though in this film they are middle class. Uh-huh. So, yeah, don't know how that happened. Totally yeah, different looking house, fir- too. Yeah, because the first one, the house is huge. Yeah. And it's like they're having like 40 people stay there before they go on their big vacation. And it has like three stories and stuff. And, you know, like it has like a big attic and I don't know. It's just totally. Yeah. Okay. I found one so far. I mean, there's there's hundreds of reviews here on the Internet Movie Database Mm -hmm. uh, user reviews. I found one that called it an okay movie. Exclamation point. This is from uh, C.M. Howell 99 from November 4th of 2002. Saw this last night on ABC. I guess maybe it was on ABC. I thought it said it was on Fox. But anyways, uh, the film stunk at first, but it got pretty good after 30 minutes. In this film, I think Kevin is younger than what he was in Home Alone and Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Kevin's parents, Peter and Kate, split up, so Kevin goes to stay with Peter and his girlfriend, Natalie. Then two burglars come along. One of them is Harry. No, it's not. It's Marv. Oh, my God. Um, and it says, Harry isn't voiced by Joe Pesci. Instead, is voiced by French Stewart. Uh. So is this an animated film? I didn't know that. <laughs> what the- Um... <laughs> Peter and Natalie think that Kevin is uh, pulling something and Kevin gets in trouble, blah, blah, blah. So, um, anyways, uh, yeah, this is a bad review. I'm not even going to read it. It's not even funny to read. It's so full of errors and everything. But they give it an 8 out of 10. Well, that explains why they, they haven't even seen the movie, apparently. They, or they didn't understand it. Or they're on drugs. They think it's yeah, an animated I mean, film. Honestly, I would have thought that he was Harry instead of Marv, too, because he, looked, he, looked. he looked more like Harry. I know, but they Joe- kept calling him Marv throughout the whole movie, though. Yeah. So I could understand at first yeah. thinking it's him, but... I mean, at first I thought he was French Stewart. Anyways, um... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, God. <clears throat> okay, uh... I'm gonna read one here that's a... Bad review, a 2 out of 10 here for the movie. Okay. They even gave it 2. Wow, okay. This is from Pixar 01. Is that you, John Lasseter? That's that's the No, anyways. um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um, It was a review from uh, June 19th, uh, 2009. Um, Wow, I love this movie! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. (laughs) Not! Exclamation point. (laughs) This is the worst movie I have ever seen in the past 15 years. I remember watching this movie five or six years ago with my parents, and I never thought there could be a more bad acting film. Okay, that's grammatically weird. Anyways, um, I, I have been attending drama classes for about two years, and I know that I'm not a very good actor. However, <laughs> I now I now know that these individuals could not get any worse in acting. Even though I hate this film, 
I don't think there is anything wrong with the first Home Alone 1 and 2 movies. I, rem- I recommend you do not watch this film. Keep in mind that this is a disgrace to the movie industry. Okay. So that that's uh, one of the little... Uh, I don't feel like reading any of the more bazillion bad reviews. There's a lot better ones I probably could read. Just go to internet movie, the Internet Movie Database if you have any uh, thoughts of watching this movie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, read those reviews. And again, this is one of the very few ones where we don't actually have, like, a review where someone thinks it's the best movie of all time. Like, we've gotten that yeah. with Tooth Fairy 2. Or with um, Jingle All the Way to or Inspector Gadget. Like too, there's always someone. Yeah, there's somebody like, out there this that is likes so awesome. Them. We don't get this in this. No. <laughs> so no, maybe maybe they just needed to add like Larry the Cable Guy. Yep. That that would be the greatest movie ever. Oh yes, Larry the Cable Guy and French Stewart in a movie together. <laughs> and yeah. it's a directed video sequel. I'm thinking like um, you know, I don't know, uh, Rush Hour Four. Oh God. <laughs> No, just make it make it Home Alone five, and then and then <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy plays Kevin as an adult, <laughs> and he's Home Alone. <laughs> oh God, no. oh, that'd be a great movie. I'd watch it. Anyways, uh, Matt, would you recommend this movie to anyone? No, even your worst enemy. Oh, my worst enemy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I don't because, think because I... I don't want I don't want you know. I mean, that's a good torture device. So. I honestly don't even think I would do that. I, well, I would, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that inhumane. Anyways, um, so, uh, yeah, anything else, Matt, before we uh, close up shop here? <sighs> no. Is that how you felt about the movie? That little <laughs> sigh you just gave? Yeah, I'm just... Yeah. So, uh, people, um, yeah. be sure to tune in next time. Yeah. And uh you know, we'll uh we'll torture you again. Whoa. No we won't. Um we will not torture we'll, you. We'll prevent you from torture by reviewing great direct video sequels. Um We're hoping to do Time Cop two at some point. Yes. And that would be a a good one. Yes. We might do that. Or maybe we'll find a good direct video sequel eventually. I'm hoping. I mean we found We found decent ones. Yeah, a, a few of the ones we saw, like Bigger, Fatter, Liar, was okay. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what was the American other American Pie Bandcamp wasn't bad. That was funny. Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves was not horrible. <sighs> it just wasn't good. It got bad near the end, yeah. sort of, especially with that giant tiki statue. Yeah. That that, that one ruined it for me right there. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> what was the other one that was um, not... Um, uh, Kindergarten Cop 2 was okay. Yeah. With the Twix fascination for some reason. I yes. And, then, and by uh, the way, Twix, if you'd like to sponsor yes, us, yes. Uh, you can contact <laughs> us. Um, anyways, um, so, uh, anyways, so I guess that'll be it for today. Um, talk to you later, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening Bye. to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com.